Welcome to the Light Reading Podcast. I'm Phil Harvey. I am an editor here at Light Reading. I'm Kelsey Zeiser. I'm also an editor at Light Reading. And I'm Rami Rahim, Juniper Network CEO. It's great to be here. Rami, thanks so much for joining us. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Wow, we get a, a big networking CEO. Now, now the pressure's on. We got to have some good questions here. <laughs> um, I think I have one good one to start because if I if I say 5G and ORAN and automation all at once, you get 10 points. Yeah, I know. That's like uh, the Scrabble word score of the decade for our audience. But uh, I do actually have a question about uh, Juniper's progress in 5G and 5G deployments and where it's finding opportunities to help service providers with ORAN deployments and also as they're just generally getting 5G out into the market. Yeah, so 5G is obviously a big trend in the market and a huge opportunity that we see at Juniper. I think it means a number of very specific things to us. First and foremost, you know, we've started by focusing on enhancing the experience of running modern wide area network transport networks, that is, uh, especially the kinds that are necessary to, ki- to carry the amount of traffic that 5G promises to deliver. But it's not just ca- about capacity. It's also about network planning, orchestration, service assurance. And it's especially useful when network operators look to converge separate networks that you know they used to have, like mobile, fixed access, enterprise, residential. I think many carriers are now thinking about 5G as an opportunity to converge those networks. Second, it's about offering automated data centers because the future of 5G services is going to be virtualized. It's going to leverage the distributed telco cloud. And we have a really great solution for highly automated, very distributed telco cloud offerings. Uh, And speaking of virtualization, you mentioned ORAN. The RAN is being disaggregated. It's being virtualized. I think this opens the door for innovators like Juniper to come in and to participate. And our ORAN strategy is really all around this thing called the RAN Intelligent Controller, or a RIC. And that enables network operators to get the best out of their radio networks while reducing cost, while enabling new services like network slicing, which is really top of mind for many of our customers. So it's an exciting space, and it's one we're definitely investing in. A quick follow-up. In that specific domain of uh, 5G, of the portfolio of products that are that are enabling 5G, are, are you finding, I guess, did the advent of uh, ZR Optics help with Juniper's like ability to capitalize in that, in that opportunity or find some efficiency there? When I think about ZR Optics, I, th- I think actually of a much broader opportunity than just 5G. Certainly, service providers are looking at ZR Optics in metro deployments that will cater to 5G transport needs, but it is also a big DCI, data center interconnect opportunity that's in the cloud provider space where they're looking to essentially converge IP and optical layers. Now, this industry, I've been in this industry for, what, 20 plus years, has been talking about that convergence of packet and optical for a long time. And quite frankly, I don't think We've really made all that much progress relative to the talk and the expectations. But I do believe ZR Optics, because of the pluggability of them, because of the fact that um, economically they start to make a lot of sense, we've also sort of eliminated some of the, sorry to be technical, impedance mismatch between optical and packet that ZR will ultimately deliver on. So I do believe ZR is going to be a fantastic opportunity for us starting end of this year and into next year. 
And you also mentioned um, automation earlier, which is one of our favorite Scrabble words too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we know that with the new normal is looking more so like there's still going to be this distributed workforce of folks working from home and in the office and kind of balancing the two. So how does automation fit into that to support connectivity and network performance for this distributed workforce? It's a great question. Think about the importance of the network that has become so evident to us over the course of the last year and a half during this pandemic. Nothing happens without that network in a situation where you've got a distributed workforce. And this is true whether you've got a completely distributed workforce where everybody's literally at home or in a hybrid environment, which is really the environment we're all working towards. In many ways, I think the pandemic has accelerated the need and the willingness to finally embrace the kinds of network solutions and innovations that we've been working on at Juniper for such a long time. And these are innovations that really fundamentally transform what we call the experience of networking. Again, it's not just about the capacity that you throw out there with boxes, but it's a software that's necessary to simplify the operations of these networks, which take on a new level of importance in this you know, distributed environment. So this is changing the experience for the network operator, changing the experience for the network user. I think finally, as an industry, we're moving from a mode of just talking to a mode of actually doing. And I think we're doing it by necessity because of the pressure that has been put on this industry, on the networks that we build over the last year and a half. Pressures is constant um, on service providers. Well, it's been pushing them toward automation for a while, like you said. The pressure is constant to continue to wring costs out of the network. And then really with the acceleration in traffic and the number of devices connected, the networks are going to have to run themselves to a large degree. That necessitates an investment in artificial intelligence or something approximating artificial intelligence, you know, machine learning and that sort of thing. I don't want to get corrected by all of our uh, (laughs) lovely readers. Yes, I know what AI is. But using it in the broader sense, what investments do you encourage your customers to make in the service provider domain in AI? Where should they be, you know, focusing their AI efforts in their networks right now? In order to answer that question, I, I would start by talking about why AI? And I think you can't talk about AI without first talking about data, because data is the new, most valuable resource that we have across any and all industries. And data is becoming an intellectual property for companies. 90% of the data in the world has been collected over the last two years alone. In networking, data is typically trapped in the network and not leveraged. And that's changing now with telemetry tools and capabilities to pull data from the network in a way that can be very, very helpful. So the, the question now is once you've actually extracted that data through telemetry, what do you do with it? Well, there's way too much of it to process it manually by humans. This is where AI comes into the picture. AI essentially uses machine learning to learn really neat things from that data and ultimately to do something useful about it. What's that useful thing? Well, it's closed loop automation to solve very specific outcomes for our customers. Fastest deployment of any new technologies, fewest trouble tickets, and fastest time to resolution. And when I talk to the CTOs, CEOs, CIOs of service providers around the world, that is what is top of mind. I want to reduce my deployment time. I want to increase the speed at which I identify issues because those issues are deadly today with customers expecting so much from their networks. And I think really that is the 
real power of AI. In fact, I often think about AI or I describe AI to our customers as rich data plus artificial intelligence is a way of predicting the future. You can determine when you're going to exhaust a network resource and correct it before the issue starts. You can determine that there is a cyber attack that's going to do some damage to end users or infrastructure before that damage has actually started to occur. That is the power of, uh, of AI. And Obviously, that applies to practically any SP domain, whether it be in the wide area transport, in these telco cloud data centers that they're building out, practically any network that they're building out, you can apply AI and rich data to. Does it become sort of a thing like security capabilities and that you just sort of have to have it kind of natively woven into every component of the network as opposed to something you just install and use in, in specific domains? Phil, I, I can't agree more. In fact, if there's one thing that is true about every single security incident that does something bad, it needs to traverse the network in order to do its bad deed, to steal, to disrupt, to do whatever. And so why not leverage the network in its entirety and the data that is available in that network to get far, far smarter about where there are issues, and then also to stop the problems, to stop the attacks where it makes the most sense to do it. So I, I agree in the, way, in the way you characterized it, you can start to think about it as part of the network fabric itself. In sort of a, a similar vein, but wanted to talk a little bit about what we can expect to see with the Astra and, and NetRounds acquisitions. I know something interesting I, I thought in the recent update um, to Astra was the ability to roll back changes in the data center, which I feel like that would help people sleep at night a little better. <laughs> <laughs> to be able to easily do that kind of seems like it, you know, maybe adjacent to the, the security discussion. But tell us a little bit about what we can expect to see coming soon in terms of Astra NetRounds. Certainly. So as you probably know, Juniper has made a number of acquisitions over the last uh, couple of years. Uh, it started with Mist in 2019 that by any measure has been an absolute home run for us. I mean, Mist has really redefined the whole experience of enterprise networking all the way from client to cloud. We followed that up with acquisition of Abstra for the data center, NetRounds for wide area network assurance. 128 technology is sort of a very innovative WAN transformation solution. We call it SD-WAN 2.0. You mentioned Abstra. So Abstra pioneered this concept of intent-based networking that transforms the experience of operations in the data center. And in particular, what, what Abstra is really good at is day two operations. So essentially the day-to-day -day management troubleshooting, understand not just whether your data center network is up, but whether it's actually performing well. And that's where the big focus for us is in Abstra and where we're investing, where we're taking that solution. It's about day two operations. We want to remove the human element from operating the network. And every time we hear from a customer that they don't have the core competence to run their own data center, but that's why they want to move to public cloud, even though in some cases that can actually be counter to what makes most sense from an economic standpoint. It only motivates us more to want to deliver on the promise of that day two operations that Abstract can deliver. And you know, it's only been a few months since the close of that acquisition, but the interest level from our customers in solving that problem, the conviction that we have that it's the best solution in the industry has never been stronger. I really feel like we're onto something. And then you also mentioned NetRounds, which we now call the Paragon Active Assurance. Here, the whole idea is to 
use a SaaS and software model to give service providers the peace of mind that when they say they're going to deliver a service to their end users, they're going to do so with a guaranteed quality of experience to those end users, which is really critical for service providers today. And we're now taking that uh, NetRounds or uh, Paragon Active Assurance capability and embedding agents into all of our platforms. So essentially what happens is that we're turning the transport network into a set of live sensors for Active Assurance. And then last but not least, you know, NetRounds is turning into a really great tool for the assurance of network slicing. Network slicing is a, sort of a relatively old concept, but it's been reinvigorated because of 5G. One of the biggest capabilities people are looking for with 5G is the ability to slice the network into efficient pieces that can be used to customize slices for different market segments, all the way from the RAN through the transport into the data center. And NetRounds turns out to be a really great tool for assuring services for each of those slices. And the network slicing thing, because you because you've been in the industry a, a, a bit, that was called something in the in like the optical or the transport domain before, wasn't it? Like it wasn't called network slicing per se, but it was sort of this the same conceptual idea, right? I forgot what it's called, but you're absolutely right, Phil. In that it's not a new concept. We've been talking yeah. about slicing of sorts for quite some time. But one of the things about five G that I think is really interesting is that it enables slicing very efficiently, and service providers are looking for new modes of generating revenue streams. So if they can customize particular slices for different industry verticals like manufacturing and retail with really attributes that appeal to those particular services or those customer segments, it becomes very interesting. So definitely more and more of our customers are having conversations with us about this. One more quick question about Abstra, just in, in general, because of how the company began. And I know this is kind of going back in time a bit, but the company started out as sort of like this, you know, this layer that would sit above the infrastructure and kind of allow for uh, for, for management and, and that sort of thing. And I'm I'm wondering, did did any Abstra customers like express concern that an infrastructure vendor essentially was was taking the company over and might make it lose a bit of of the magic that attracted people to it in the first place? It's a great question. And if I'm to be honest, the answer is yes. There was some concern about it, but we are absolutely committed and determined to keep the vendor agnostic nature of Abstra intact because it makes business sense to do so. Abstra is really the only solution in the market right now that has the very best intent-based day two operations that everybody wants. And then second, it is truly open. It will work equally well across our own infrastructure as well as the infrastructure of our peers, which our customers want and we will absolutely continue to deliver on. And just keep in mind Juniper's background, our DNA. We were born as a challenger in this industry competing with much bigger competitors. And in our DNA for a challenger, openness, open interfaces, the ability to compete based on the merits of each layer of the network is still there. It's, it's absolutely a core part of how we innovate, how we deliver solutions to our customers. And I will never let us forget what has made us successful to this day in terms of how we innovate in the future uh, with the openness of our solutions and our products. Kelsey, uh, uh, just to kind of replay his answer, the thing that everybody wants, he says he's not going to stop selling. And that's that's why he's the CEO right there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you summarized it beautifully, Phil. <laughs> okay, a couple uh, sort of wrapping up type questions. Um, are, are you going to be physically going to Mobile World Congress or are you going to be participating in some way or another? We will have some presence in Mobile World Congress, but 
quite frankly, it's going to be much lighter than in uh, past years. And I honestly am looking forward to going back to these conferences as more and more of our peers and our customers start to do so as well. Do you have any thoughts on what some of the, the big or major themes are going to be this year? I think 5G will continue to be a major theme, but I think it's going to take maybe more of an architectural dimension to it. So I, I look at some of the big changes that are happening with respect to 5G architectures in the next generation access, next generation core. We touched on this topic of ORAN. I mean, essentially the traditional RAN and core functions are getting disaggregated all the way from radio head ends, baseband units to the RU, DUs and CUs. They're getting virtualized. They're getting placed in this distributed telco data centers. That's what's in fact causing all of the big cloud providers to now come into this market opportunity. So there's so many changes and opportunities for innovators in this space. I suspect that that's going to continue to be a big theme in the industry and will certainly be a big topic of discussion at Mobile World Congress. All right. Very good. Well, we will uh, we'll leave it there for now. But thank you so much, uh, Rami Rahim, CEO of Juniper Networks. It was uh, uh, good to talk to you again. And uh, hopefully we will uh, we'll see you soon in person, as you say, uh, at one of these industry conferences or the next time we're in in the Valley. Uh, thanks for being on the podcast. My pleasure. Thank you, Phil. Thanks, Kelsey. Thanks so much.